1: Today we're going to discuss how to make the most out of your programmatic media buying efforts. Joining us is Dan Greenberg, who is the CEO and founder of Sharethrough. Sharethrough is an independent native advertising platform that powers in-feed native ads for publishers like Forbes, Times, and CBS. The Sharethrough platform enables enterprise ad buyers like Coca-Cola and Procter & Gamble to programmatically distribute branded content at scale. And outside of his work at Sharethrough, Dan has been named the ad age 40 under 40, the Forbes 30 under 30, and Inc.'s 35 under 35 founders list. And he is also honored as an ad age media maven. And today, Dan and I are going to discuss how to optimize your ad supply path in 15 minutes. Okay, here's my conversation with Dan Greedberg, CEO and founder of Sharethrough. Dan, welcome to the Martech podcast.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: Excited to have you on the show. I got to first off start in saying you're the ad age, 40 under 40, Forbes 30 under 30, Inks 35 under 35. Is there an age that you are (laughs) not the best of the best?
2: 50 under 50, maybe next. 60 under 60, I don't know. I'm 35 with two kids, and so I count myself in the two under three camp right now. The one-year-old and the three-year-old, especially in COVID times, it's definitely got a lot on my plate.
1: You've got lots on your plate these days. I understand that as well. I have a two-month-old baby and a -a three-and-a-half-year-old. So being able to manage not only running your own business, but also helping out at the household, obviously keeping you busy. And you work in a space that's changing pretty rapidly. Programmatic advertising, what used to be display video advertising, all things that are sort of coming to a head We're seeing impacted media buying. People are changing what is happening with the media that they buy. First and foremost, walk me through how you view the programmatic landscape, and where do you and ShareThru fit in?
2: So at the start, ShareThru is an ad exchange. Ad exchange meaning that we work on both sides of the equation, advertisers and publishers, to create a marketplace that's transparent and fraud-free and high-quality and programmatic-driven to allow buyers through demand-side platforms like Trade Desk, DV360, MediaMath, Adobe, Mobi, et cetera, to buy and transact programmatic advertising across premium publishers on the web. So the CBSs, the CNETs, the Forbes of the world, we act as the sort of technology layer that connects both sides of the equation, allows programmatic media buyers to succeed with both traditional display formats, video formats, uh, as well as native formats, and I'm sure we're gonna talk a lot about that today. And on the publisher side, it's also about just helping publishers survive and thrive on the open web. There's a whole universe of social that's been born independent of the open web, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Snapchat. And then there's the open web, the Forbes, the CNETs, the CBSs, the Hearsts of the world. We exist in that open web. We exist in the world of the dot-com browsers, the mobile browsers, etc., to help buyers transact across premium publisher sites on that open web.
1: So I feel like every time I have a conversation about programmatic advertising, we have to sort of take a step back and recap because people think about it in a different way. My understanding, there's a supply and demand, right? You have your publishers and advertisers, and essentially you are serving as the intermediate layer connecting them through your technology.
2: That's the right way to frame it. The programmatic ecosystem was born, I don't know, 15, maybe even 20 years ago, just on the back of a banner, just a standard sticky banner box on the page, just a display ad. And that has exploded over the past five or so years. You've got huge independent businesses like the Trade Desk is now a multi-billion dollar public company. You've got a ton of M&A that's happened along the way. You obviously have Google as the backbone of the industry. And then you have Facebook as its own kind of independent walled garden, which in some ways is programmatic. But when people talk about programmatic, they're mostly talking about the open web, the ecosystem of publishers and advertisers transacting with each other across the browser, across apps, across really just the whole open internet. So today our discussion is not really going to be about Facebook, though that said, a lot of the spirit of Facebook ads, a lot of the idea that ads should fit in, that they should be respectful, that they should feel like part of the user experience, which is the core of social advertising. That's the core of Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, etc. What we do and what we believe in is bringing that ethos around human designed ads, ads designed for comprehension, ads designed to fit in, to bring that to the rest of the web.
1: So I had a conversation with the CEO and head of marketing at BounceX, which is a company that basically does like abandoned cart recapture and they work with e-commerce companies. And the CEO of BounceX basically said, hey, look, all ads are crap. Programmatic doesn't work. Pinterest doesn't work. Twitter doesn't work. Facebook is the only ad that matters because it takes up the whole screen. And really it's about recognition and the ad unit is the one and also the content that they're showing makes a difference. And it seems like your platform share through essentially, as you mentioned, kind of mirrors the type of ad experience that Facebook has created and popularized and made so successful in the sense of it is a large format ad that you're scrolling through that essentially take over the whole screen. Talk to me a little bit about the ad units and why that is so important.
2: Yeah, it's always been a funny dichotomy. At the core of our business, it has always been about designing ads for humans. So ads that a human being, when they look at their screen and they see the atoms on the page, it's not popping up with a weird X. It's not on the side of the page overlapping something they're trying to read. It doesn't bounce around. It's not blurry. It's clear. It's human. It's understandable. It's comprehensible. And it fits in. The idea of native advertising is the idea that the component parts of the ad assemble themselves based on the page layout. So based on the page, it fits into the fonts, the colors, the style, the layout. So it fits into the feed, clearly described as an ad. But like you said, in many cases, it's large. In many cases, you're scrolling through the feed with your thumb on cnet.com and you scroll from story to story to story. And one of those stories is an ad that says tips for optimizing your conference calls sponsored by Zoom. And then you click on it and it's a whole story.
1: So how much does the real estate actually matter when you're running an ad? You know, I've done programmatic advertising, and I feel like a lot of the ads are these tiny little banner ads that are, most of them are mobile, that are just barely legible across the page. You can't get any copy. And then I look at, you know, when I run a Facebook ad or, or anything, you know, Instagram as well, anything on the Facebook platform, they're whole screen takeovers, essentially. Does that actually matter? The ad unit, the ad size? I know like integrated into the page really matters. How about the real estate?
2: It's not the pixel size of the ad that matters. It's whether that ad is comprehended or not. So to me, the whole purpose of advertising, be it digital advertising, podcast advertising, TV advertising, is in very few cases, purely just emotion. In almost every case, it's comprehension. And almost every case, the reason that you do advertising is so that somebody comprehends that Toyota has a new car that's safe for families so that someone comprehends that Facebook just launched a new Teams service. So someone comprehends that Nike just launched a new shoe. And so to me, through programmatic, a lot of those ads, especially in the first version of the programmatic ecosystem, are not designed for comprehension. They're often designed for spreadsheets. They're often designed for getting as many impressions into a spreadsheet as possible, getting as many cookies with your little pixel on it as possible to get credit for it. The way we think about the world is if you design ads for humans and you design them for comprehension, what will naturally follow out of that is better performance. So if you can make the ad fit in, whether it's big or whether it's mid-sized, or even whether it's small, it's less about the size. It's more about when the user sees it. Do they understand the point of the ad? Do they read the headline? Do they understand the meaning? And if so, in every case, it's going to perform better than someone who didn't comprehend the meaning of the ad.
1: So the title and the topic of this podcast is about optimizing your supply path. And you can do it relatively quickly. We said 15 minutes. Now that we have the lay of the land when it comes to native advertising and what ShareThru is doing in the programmatic space, talk to me about what you mean by supply path and how can it be optimized?
2: It's definitely interconnected to that last bit of discussion. Supply path optimization is a term that's taken over the industry over the past few years that I think has a lot of confusion around it. But as most core, it's buyers saying, I have a lot of different paths I can take to run an ad on a page, a lot of different DSPs I can use across a lot of different ad networks, a lot of different ad exchanges. But ultimately, I'm going to arrive on the same page. I'm going to arrive on cnet.com and serve my ad on cnet.com. Or I'm going to arrive at forbes.com and serve my ad on forbes.com. And a lot of the focus in programmatic up till now has been focused on the targeting profiles you use and the optimizations and the site lists and more. And that is all really valuable. What supply path optimization is saying is actually if you take a supply path that goes from the trade desk to an exchange like OpenX to an ad network that ultimately gets you to say CNET.com, that supply path to CNET may not be as efficient or as high quality or as transparent or as cost-effective As if you took a different supply path that went trade desk through, for example, share through, through to CNET.com through our pipe or our path. So I have a vested interest in helping agencies and helping advertisers optimize their supply paths because what supply path optimization does is it takes something that's inefficient and it helps the advertiser optimize to a more efficient, more effective, more performant path.
1: I mean, the background here is that how many of her middlemen or agencies or companies are facilitating the serving of your ad, they're all going to mark up the price. And it's one of the things that I've learned running some programmatic ads and testing a couple of different platforms. You know, you can go through an agency who will sell you. CPMs, you could try to build something directly and probably get the same CPMs for five, right? That the agency is going through a programmatic buying platform and they're charging 20% on the 20% on the 20%. And the next thing you know, your media costs have doubled. And so essentially what you're talking about is just slimming down and making the most direct path to be able to serve your ad, having less people touch it to get it to the right place.
2: Yeah, direct and more. Direct is one of those vectors that matters in supply path optimization. But ultimately, the way I think about it is that what the buyer cares about most is just performance. So if it costs a bit more, but performs way better, I'd rather go with the higher performing, slightly more expensive supply path. To me, supply path optimization, I think it was introduced into the industry as an answer to the ad tech techs and a bunch of technical reasons like inventory overlap and bid overlap and latency and other things that like get in the way if you have too many hops along the path. But the story that we've been telling and the strategy that a lot of our customers have been implementing is much simpler, and it's really just saying let's focus on performance. Let's look at we as an agency or a trading desk or a brand how we are spending our money across multiple exchanges: Adex, OpenX, Rubicon, ShareThrough, Index, fill in the blank with ten others, SpotX, etc. It's less about the cost of each path or the latency of each path or the bid overlaps on the path. And I would actually just say like which one performs the best. As a buyer, you're often spending the most money on a low to middling performing supply path.
1: Right. Your most expensive path is probably not your most efficient and most effective.
2: It's not about expensive. It's actually about like if I'm spending $100,000 on programmatic ads, just by default, because Google AdEx is so large and some of the other exchanges are so large, I might spend $80,000, my 100000 on the Google AdEx supply path. If I look at the performance though of the Google AdEx supply path, versus share through versus Rubicon versus, you know, other supply paths, it might surprise you, but in almost every case, ADEX will not be the highest performing supply path. It'll be the biggest, I spent the most money there. But then you scratch your head and say, "Well, if I spent the most money there. Why didn't it perform the best, let alone at least perform at average. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because the way that the DSPs are set up is not to optimize by supply path or optimize by exchange. They're set up to optimize for device and geographics and day parts and audiences and sites. But in this new world where the supply path itself or the exchange itself can have an impact on the performance of your ad, the DSPs haven't yet taken into account the fact that the path
1: itself might drive higher performance. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. Okay, so talk to me about optimizing your supply path. It seems like this is something that isn't super complicated. You said, hey, just focus on the performance. What are the quick and easy ways to optimize your supply path?
2: So I think eventually it'll either just be a button or it will be automated in the DSP. But it's going to be many years before the DSPs, the DV360s, and the Trade Desks, and the others have a full-on supply path optimized close your eyes and let them do it for you. And even once they do, I would still offer this advice to any programmatic marketer or any marketer who buys programmatic to their agency, is before you go down the whole long audit of latency, overlaps, match rates, ad tech challenges, tech things, simply just ask your team, where do I spend my money by exchange? And how does it perform by exchange? And you can pull that report from any DSP. You can look in Trade Desk, you can look in DV360. You can go to the section that says performance and spend by exchange. And the first version of supply path optimization is actually simply just looking at that report and validating for yourself that you're spending the most money on your highest performing supply path. And if you're not, you don't need to go down a whole long path of supply chain audits. You already have it right in front of you on that screen. Whoever is your highest performing supply path on a cost per acquisition, cost per click, cost per visible impression, whatever metric you care about, just direct your team to spend more money down that supply path.
1: So when I think about optimizing my marketing campaign allocation, my spend allocation across multiple channels, I understand that there are going to be some channels that are, let's call them volume plays, right? Maybe they're not the most efficient. And you know, whenever I've done direct response through Facebook, for the most part, it hasn't been the most efficient channel, but it's the one that I spend the most money on because it's the one that can provide me with the most reach. When you're thinking about optimizing your supply path How much are you taking into consideration how much volume one path can create? Are all paths equal? Can they all serve an infinite number of impressions to quality targets or, you know, Honestly, I'm thinking about when I was at my last startup and one campaign that we ran was like a deals discount site, which was like this incredible ROI, but it would get 10 visitors per month, right? It was basically free, but they just they didn't have any supply. And then there's Facebook, who we would spend tens of thousands of dollars a month and we'd get much more volume, but it was much less efficient. How much does the volume matter?
2: Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I think your little story that you just told is a perfect thing to anchor around. In the old world, that was true. And you're going site by site by site. Each site sure is limited. So if you're going to try to spend your whole budget across a list of 17 websites, you're going to have trouble, especially once you layer on targeting, once you layer on cookies or user IDs or whatever else you're trying to target. But at, at the level of the exchange, and you know, there's only probably 30 exchanges that matter, like I rambled off Rubicon, OpenX, Pubmatic, Index, Us, through SpotX, AdX, and then there's like 10, 20 other that matters. At the level of the exchange, every one of our exchanges has so much volume that no individual marketer, unless they have super tight targeting caps, is going to find volume challenges. So if you're trying to target only the chief information officers who work in San Francisco, who work at a specific subset of companies, sure, you're going to have challenges finding them no matter where you go. But if you're talking about targeting the types of TV audiences, men in a certain income threshold or Moms or marketers, marketers. Sure. The pool is so large that at the level of the exchange, there's so much volume. You know, Share through, I think, does a trillion bid requests a month or so. I think it's probably like 120, 130 billion impressions a month. At that scale of impressions, no individual marketer is going to reach this volume cap. The reason why at the core of this, why this matters so much is because Google and Google AdX, which is Google's ad exchange is so large on the web. It's just on every long tail website. I think they tout 6 million websites that have it or something like that. It's just so large that in any given moment on any given campaign, they're just asking for budget from the DSP so many times that without a marketer purposely saying, I don't want to spend 80 or 90% of my budget on Google, your campaign, even if it's not performing well through Google, it's just going to spend most of this money through that supply path just because it's so, so large. So you've got like put differently, like maybe 25 or 30 very large ad exchanges, us included. And then you've got one mega ad exchange, AdEx, which is like 50% of the market or maybe 70% of the market.
1: Okay. So what I'm hearing is that you know Google is the dominant player, owns somewhere between 50 to 70% of the market share. When you're thinking about programmatic advertising through their ad exchange, there's 30 other ad exchanges that are relevant. And I'm sure there's a handful of other smaller ad exchanges that would say, hey, me too, me too. But when you're spending through programmatic, you need to be able to evaluate what your performance is on the level of each of these exchanges. And that's the first primary cut to be able to just go through and look at what is your CPA and what is your overall spend and making sure that you're putting more budget towards the right exchange, not just necessarily the right site or the right ad unit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll add one last comment here that really, I think, brings into the focus as to why this matters now. As of five years ago, this actually didn't really matter that much because the exchange path didn't really do anything. But if you're talking about banner ads, and you're talking about a 300 by 250 square that goes on the page, it doesn't really matter what supply path you buy it through. Because in almost every case, it's just a banner that gets stuck onto the page. In that case, you just want the cheapest supply path. In this new world, especially in the world of native advertising, where the ads design themselves to fit the page, and there's templates that are powered by the exchange, and there's integrations and visual treatments of those ads that are actually influenced by the supply path. This is a new world where the exchange actually influences the performance of the ad. And even more than just the performance, the exchange actually influences what the human being who sees the ad on the screen actually sees on screen. That is a new thing that didn't exist five years ago in programmatic. That's a sort of a new paradigm that's introduced this notion that, hey, wait, I can actually work with mid-sized exchanges like through. Knowing that the performance will be higher than the average, because ShareThru is doing something unique, something that enhances the ad performance right as it hits the page, which for native makes sense, for video makes sense. And for banners, there's some interesting things we're doing with banners, too, to also enhance them to fit in better. But the traditional world of programmatic, the supply path didn't really matter because banner is a banner is a banner.
1: And I think that's an important distinction is that for marketers that are thinking about programmatic advertising and thinking about which ad exchanges they're working with, it is not just serving the same media and the same experience on the same site. The ad exchange will actually change how your user experiences the creative and the message that you've created. So that wraps up this episode of the Martech Podcast. Thanks to Dan Greenberg, CEO and founder of Sharethrough, for joining us in part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow. Dan and I are going to talk about the rise of the enhanced ad exchange. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Dan, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is d greenberg. That's d g r e e n b e r g. Or you can visit his company's website, which is sharethrough.com. S h a r e t h r o u g h dot com.